absolutely fantastic, but it was like the screwdriver job all the time. People think he's overrated, don't they? I don't know if I meant to say that, but but you can you can get them. I even got into it. This is British Strongman Podcast with Josh Lancaster and Change Your Man. Strongman programming and technical excellence for everyone. Boom. Underrated versus overrated. So let's talk about Eddie Hall. So you did a brilliant video on this the other day, Shane, that I uh, really enjoyed, actually. I like the, the whole delivery of it, like the whole edit. I thought it was brilliant. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, what do, what do you think? What's the what, what's the summary of the video that you put together about it being like the the strongest of all time, like just kind of in the gym, like your gym lift, just being the the strongest human to have ever ever walked? What do you what do you think? Yeah, do you think a, lot, a lot of people think he's overrated, don't they? A lot of people think that they got that he well, got. Well, this is the uh, thing with Eddie. Is I think it's a funny question actually because it's fifty fifty. Half people say he's overrated. Half people say he's underrated because. It, you'll notice that I said strongest in the gym. I didn't say the best strongman because I don't believe a lot of people were commenting on that video saying, oh, I believe Thor's the best strongman. I was like, well, I didn't yeah. say the best strongman. I meant just like in general, lifting random shite, you know, like dumbbells, cables, push downs, curls, all this. And not a lot of strong men train that way. So they're not going to be, you know, what I meant by strongest in the gym was like, your average gym bro who knows nothing about yokes and farmers and stones, if they seen Eddie in the gym, you know, stacking the machines, doing the dumbbells, I believe that he is up there with, you know, probably the strongest person in, in the world. Because most strong men drop that stuff because it's not specific, really, is it? You know what I mean? Like, they would spend more, more of the time doing the specific lifts, whereas... Eddie was quite well known for spending the majority of his time doing that stuff. So it only makes sense that he's going to have got to a level that most haven't gone to. However, I do agree that I believe as a strong man in terms of like, you know, yoke farmers, stones, arm over arm, that kind of stuff, loading medleys. I don't think he was the greatest. You know, he was good at it, obviously. So I'd say uh, in that regard, some people overrate him. <laughs> But, but also people underrate him as well. So it's basically Thor and Eddie have that 50-50 split where you're either Team Thor or Team Eddie, don't you? Uh, so it depends who you speak to. Yeah. I think I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. Like, the, it, it it really depends on on the person asking the question in, in the context. Like, asking the question in what context. Like, are you, if you're talking about strongman, then... Well, if you're talking about just pure pure strength, like the, the I can remember him when he when he was tri- like I it was one of the reasons why I, I I started loving strongman to be honest. Like I was following like Eddie Hall a lot at, at the time and just seeing the you know just the just the raw strength of like your press, your squat, your deadlift. You know, like having you know see what did he do three fifty for eight high bar, no sleeves. No shoes. Like, yeah, this made me laugh at this because somebody commented on that video and they said, um, oh, Eddie would just about squat 400 in a powerlifting comp in, in wraps and belt. And I was thinking, you mad. Because at Worlds 2017, he, I think it was 2017, whatever it was, he did, um, it was 325 for reps, that standard setup they use. And he did 15 reps, 
which is the most reps anybody's ever got on that setup. And other strongmen have gone on, like Hicksy went on to squat 460. Thor went on to squat about maybe similar 450, 460. So, yeah, Eddie, uh, statically, Eddie's an absolute freak, mate, and he, he's class to watch. The reason why I like this stuff is I love all aspects of the sport. I really enjoy watching someone like Eddie who's taken brute raw strength to its peak, but then I also enjoy watching somebody who's technically a little bit more proficient with getting loads over their edge, for example, like uh, Rob Kearney doing a bit of a, a split jerk in the opens or whatnot. I love all aspects of the sport, but yeah. I think when you talk from, like, who took raw, pure strength to its fullest? I think I always think Eddie, Eddie Hall, really. Um, I think Thor's a nice blend, personally. I think Thor's yeah. monstrously strong, but he's also got very good, proficient uh, technique about getting low, uh, getting more load out of his leg drive, etc. Whereas Eddie's more like just press the thing. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do think it's interesting now. Uh... Like say the deeper I've got into strongman and stuff, I, re I realize that say in terms of like actual producing force, force production in terms of defining strength, like powerlifting, like pe people might um, shoot me for saying this, but pa powerlifting is for me it might, might actually be a better test of strength. Like yeah, like I, like I, I kind of prove it. Some of the some of the comps that I've done and like I've done well at. <laughs> like, do you know Marcus? Do you know Marcus Collins? No, no. He's a 105 powerlifter. Yeah, uh, but I coach him. He's a fucking good lad. But he's just gone into strongman, and he's really mm. good at strongman. But he's got a 320 back squat. Um, and what's your back? What's your raw back squat, Josh? What What are you talking like high bar? What? Like just well, in, in on average, it's about is it about 210, 220? Mm. Yeah, me two 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 oh five. I did one eighty for three on the safety bar the other day. That was pretty good. Right. Well, Marcus has on always over three hundred squat. Really, if you put him on a safety, yeah. a low bar, brother, like you got a two hundred. He messaged me the other day when he did your three ninety yoke, uh -huh. and he said, "Shana, I just can't wrap my head around it. Like, mm. how come Josh can run with that three ninety yoke, and he's got about a two hundred squat?" And I'm getting buried by 300 yoke, but I can squat over 300. And I actually said to him, I was like, Marcus, I was like, it's just, they don't really correlate very well, to be honest. Uh, I said, so you just need to keep practicing yoke. And he's like, I just can't get my head around it, though. And I'm like, I kind of understand because a lot of powerlifters think, oh, I squat 350, I'll sprint with a 350 yoke. I'm like, mm, no, it doesn't really work like that. So I, I do it in terms of a test of absolute strength. I do mm. think that, um, you know, powerlifting does test that, obviously, better. But strongman's all about having all aspects of strength, you know, speed strength, uh, strength acceleration, absolute strength, strength endurance. It, it tests everything. So as a strength athlete, strongman's the purest test. But Eddie Hall, what he did is he took his absolute strength so high mm, that it yeah, meant it that he could, really yeah. Yeah, he could just blitz everything. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I think he, he, he did that. It's quite interesting because, like, some of the some of the things that he said that he said about trait. Like, I remember one of the things that stuck with me when I was probably like 2017 or something, 2017, 2018, and he was saying that, oh well, he doesn't he doesn't train for reps because he just gets his one rep max up, and then any 
percentage of his one rep max is like he gets his one RM up and then he gets his one RM up to 500 deadlift, then 350 for reps is whatever percent. Yeah, he just he's going to do a lot, <laughs> and and um, and it's yeah, absolutely brilliant. But I took that as gospel and just kind of, and then I've learned over time that you can get loads of like skill benefits from working uh, and and like different energy system development, working in different kind of zones. Underrated versus overrated back squats, and let's let's say let's let's uh, put this in the context of strongman. Back squats for strongman. So Shane's already touched on it. That say say someone someone like me, for instance, who's who's got a back like bang average uh, back squat. I'm really good at yoke. Like there's no kind of the, the, there's there's no kind of correlation. I'd say I'm not even average at back squat. I'm probably I'm, pro I'm probably not good not good whatsoever. But I will I will argue that. If I felt that I needed to be good at back squats for my sport, then I'd I'd work out how to be a savage at back squat. Like I'd I'd I'd, I'd do it, um, but I just don't pers personally. I think they're overrated to see to see see a lot of people who are doing a strongman program, and they're doing a four day split or even a three day split, and then one of the day is like kind of dedicated to this to the back squat. And they're kind of used to this bodybuilding style split or whatever. I just think it's um, wasteful in terms of opportunity costs. What, what do you what do you think, Shane? And what should we do instead? So, if you'd have asked me this mm. four or five years ago, I'd have because basically one of the biggest changes to my programming, and it probably it comes from spending time around you to be honest josh this is this is where it came from. i used to be a big believer in um <clears throat> getting that back squat as high as possible um because i believed that it transferred over to all aspects of strongman and i do i do still believe that but to a much lesser degree um i, I believe that the back squat has its place but it should be the number one. It should be the top of the list that gets subbed out when it's not relevant anymore. So if there's room for it in the program, for example, off season at the moment, I've got all my guys mm. doing back squats, sumo deadlifts and things that are non-specific because we're so far away from comp season. So right now, beneficial. As we get closer to show, as soon as an event needs to take its place, it becomes you know lower down the list in terms of priority. So I would say personally that they're overrated because just like myself, I used to overrate them and I've learned over time not to. And I have got much, it, it's clear to be honest to me, Josh, that I have got much higher comp success with back squat being less of a priority. For example, Lucy Unders that, we, that I coach, she pretty much won everything this year in the open females. Um, she hardly ever squats anymore, to, to be honest with you. We just kind of tick over with them a little bit. Like, she does squat, but it'll be like a couple of sets just to get the deep, deep knee flexion in, really. Um, and, yeah, it, it's uh, definitely something that I've learned to tone down my emphasis on in my programming. Yeah. So, it's something that I've changed my, changed my mind on a little bit more recently. I've um, really found a benefit in... Going back to oh, wait there. Go, going back to I've, I've been putting more 
back squats in my in my own training and i found a real real benefit for just just i've been putting back squats in with it with a view of uh, just generally getting stronger rather than it rather than it being a kind of thing that i'm trying to get better at as an absolute like top end number so instead of like chasing numbers and trying to get my one rm up to um so brilliant deadlift from me that one that was 300 the record on it yeah um so yeah so but but recently i've because I, i've been an advocate of front squatting for ages and i've i've like front squatted every week for couple of years and I've, I've noticed a massive carryover to my overhead events technique um low like loading events such as like I, I remember say three or four years ago I could I could like I was confident lapping like significantly more than what I could extend with on like say a sandbag or a, or a stone Whereas now I feel like, even if it feel right now, if I could like, I felt, I feel like if I could lap a 180 stone, I feel like I could load it to like 48 inch. But I can't, anyway, I can't. But the, um, but I think, thing what I, I've really found benefit in terms of like, say, rehabbing like and prehab like injuries that have been or imbalances that I'm working with, like my glutes and whatever. I'm really feeling a benefit from actually getting um, from using squats as a as a kind of rehab or, or, or like just less like a rehab thing, but low, low down on the strength priority list, if you will, but a, but still a staple because um, I, I'm. I feel like I'm getting, I'm really tuning in with my foot control, like my adductor control, which is um, like, say, everything else that I do, I'm like kind of dominated by external rotation, abduction and stuff. So I'm really focused on my squatters, like to develop adduction and uh, like better pelvic position. Uh, getting into more positive, like basically, I'm I'm noticing that when I'm when I'm having my best deadlift kind of about so when my deadlifts are like feel okay like I, it's after i've done like squats for an hour like i'm actually do, i'm actually doing i'm actually finding that more beneficial than doing like say 15 to 20 rehab exercise if you will like actually- yeah, squats are a good indicator of readiness as well like if you can go <clears throat> if you can go into a session and even if it's 100 kilos or something like a, a low percent 50 percent or whatever if you can do a 100 kilo back squat for a set of 10 reps with no supportive equipment, you get under the bar, you can go up and down pain-free, and you can feel everything working as it should. There's nothing like, oh, my left glute don't feel, you know, it feels sweet, then yeah. you're, you're ready for a, a good session, really. Um, so so it is a good indicator of your know, readiness for performance as well, and an indicator of imbalances and dysfunction, because if every time you squat, you've got to nip in and out of each set and do i've got to do some glute bridges i've got to do this i've got to do this that oh now they feel okay then it's showing you that there's something there that because at the end of the day we should be able to get under a squat bar and squat perfectly yeah you know what i think i think that's a that's an absolutely brilliant 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 point to summarize is like actually use that like i think they're overrated as like a massive strength as a massive strength focus in your in your kind of strength program for strongman but i think they're underrated as a tool as like a kind of movement screen like shape yeah, yeah. next time you go in the gym 
like without putting your shoes on, go and get an empty bar, see what your squat feels like. Take a look from the front, from the side, see what kind of, see what's happening. Does it feel perfect? Or are you, is your, are your arch collapsing and your foot, your knee coming in? Are you rounding forward? Are you getting butt wink? Like any of these little things. Because that... I use it, I use it. And the main thing I use it for, Josh, is I'll always do some squats as a warm up and I'll chest my knees. Because that's yeah. my that's my indicator as to if I can push today. Because if I feel, if I'm overtrained, my knees are like basically it takes me like a 45 second eccentric to hit depth you know, on a body weight squat. Uh, and if I can just drop into it, I'm like, oh, I'm good to go today. Underrated versus overrated. SBD belt. I don't own one, Josh. To be honest with you, you so <laughs> I don't know. I do think well, though that they are handy because if you're like me and you're flying up and down in body weight. You don't have to get your bloody screwdriver out every five seconds. So to mm. me, that sounds like a. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot that about. I forgot that about training with you, Shane. Uh, have you got? Have you got a screwdriver? Has anyone got a screwdriver? Did I have to change it last session? I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, though, I don't know if they're uh, what they feel like to lift in me. I've never lifted in one. Yeah. So. They've got they've got a heavy price tag, haven't they? The what are they like? Hundred and quite expensive, hundred and sixty, hundred and seventy or something. Yeah, I think second hand you get them about one twenty still, so they must be about one eighty. Yeah. So I think that if you're not, unless you see, you see quite a lot of people who are people who are sponsored and stuff, and have to get kind of they have to wear the strength shop stuff, or they have to wear the Cerberus stuff, or they have to wear whatever. Whereas I feel like. If you if you just had the had the choice and you weren't connected to anybody, I I think they're absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Even just for the kind of I, I don't think the the belt itself is like anything like spectacular. It's like a thirteen mil, like feels like another another belt being thirteen mil. But the the um, the convenience of being able to, like you say, if you fluctuate body weight quite a bit, or it, or to, to be honest, like everybody can fluctuate body weight a lot. I, I think a lot of people who who don't even compete in, say, weight classes and weigh themselves frequently. Like, I, I, I think if pe people track the weight in the morning and the evening, they had a big salty tea one night, the night before, or they haven't drunk, or, like, you, because of hydration levels, not that, not that you're getting, like, say, and fluid retention and stuff, not necessarily that you're getting fat overnight or whatever. But, but we, we can easily fluctuate. But also, I like I like my belt because on the strength shop belt, it's got four um, well areas for your prongs, and I can either yeah. put it in the two or full four. So I do have like a little bit of lenience as to how tight I want it. But I like my squat, my, I like my belt. Sorry, different tightness on different lifts. Yes. So I, I do adjust it a little bit, but it would be better if I had more freedom because sometimes, like say I'm bloated, I'm yeah. forced to put it on the bigger side yeah. anyway. And maybe I want it even looser than that. I don't have that freedom. So I can see that part of the SBD belt being um why do other companies not have some design like that, I wonder? I think it's got a I think it's patent 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 design, I think. Right. You'd think there'd be some other way to come up with an idea to to adjust your thing, wouldn't you? But yeah, apparently but, but, but that that is the it, it, absolutely amazing, honestly, an absolute game changer. I've got mine years ago, especially for strongman. I find even even when I was just doing powerlifting, like because I because I I liked having my squat 
literally as tight as I could, literally as tight as I could get on. And Tell then you a good dad, one. Go on. I, I, you, I actually had to buy, this is a good example, actually. I like, when I do stones, I put an underbelt on as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't put the underbelt on for anything else. So I can't use my belt because it doesn't fit with the underbelt on. So I actually had to get a second belt um, off Strength Shop to, so I could put my underbelt on, put another belt on, and then do stones without having to screw the thing and you know make it bigger each time. With the SPD, you'd be able to wear a hoodie if you wanted to, you know, whatever. It doesn't change the... You can adjust the, the belt, can't you, whatever you're wearing. Whereas for me, I got for my belt to fit, I have to be in a T-shirt, and then it fits. If I'm wearing a thicker hoodie, doesn't fit. If I put an underbelt on, doesn't fit. So, yeah, I guess it is um, very handy. Yeah, so especially for, for like, like what we're saying, powerlifting, squat, I'd have it as tight as, I, tight as I physically could. And then if I tried to put the same tightness on for for deadlift, it would uh, negatively affect my start position. So I'd have like a notch looser. So I used to use like an Inza Forever belt. I had like a 10 mil one and a 13 mil one. Uh, they were absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic. But it was like the screwdriver job all the time. Yeah. Um, and then when you cut, when with Strongman, like there's some events where I just like the belt and one underbelt. There's some events where I use three underbelts. There's like <laughs> there's uh, there's some events where I'll wear it higher on my rib cage, wear it lower on my like there's just it's just it's just absolutely brilliant for the convenience of being able to or, or even so much as like say warm up sets of like say for instance your deadlift or whatever like you might have three settings you might have like right well I'll just have a a, a really light brace set and then I'll crank it up a bit and then I'll put it up one tighter for my for my top set or whatever and it's just just so convenient and um and also as well for spd if they've um if you break your belt so if you're a dirty belt cleaner like me i've broken the belt buckle like several times and you can get a replacement one for 34.99 from spd i don't know if i meant to say that but but you can you can get them get them replaced and the just just absolutely brilliant so yeah I, i'm a massive fan so 